0: Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the book of Hebrews with this message entitled, By Faith We Live and Die. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Let us pray, Heavenly Father. Thank you for your complete revelation. Thank you for your final revelation given to us in your Son. Deliver us, O Lord, from picking and choosing some of your revelation, but avoiding the other part of your revelation. Today, O God, speak to us. Your truth, the whole of reality. That we may accept your philosophy and live by it. Whether you perform a miracle for us or you do not perform a miracle for us. Help us to live for Jesus Christ. Knowing that you have given us eternal life. Eternal life which cannot be destroyed by death or by the devil. Thank you, Lord, for this eternal life that your Son has granted to us. Help us to rejoice in it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Take a look at verse 34 and verse 37, and you will notice some problem. Verse 34 of chapter 11. These people by faith escaped the edge of the sword. And verse 37. These people by faith. Were put to death. By the sword. We live by faith. And we die by faith. We live by miracles. And we live and die. Without miracles. And if you are a person who. Expects God to grant you miracles every day, you will become an apostate because you refuse to understand the whole of Christ's revelation to us. So this particular passage is of extreme importance to give us balance in our life. If you want to avoid pain and sufferings, if you want to enjoy health wealth and power in this life they say receive jesus into your heart also you will avoid hell go to heaven when you die what a boon such notions are simply false such preachers are false apostles They are children of the devil. I want to tell you, in God's sovereign plan, Christians do suffer pain, become destitute and homeless. This text tells us they are destined to suffer more because of their confession of Christ. Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind It hated me first. He said in fact a time is coming. When anyone who kills you will think. He is offering a service to God. Jesus said. Then you will be handed over to be persecuted. And put to death. That means there is no miracle. And you will be hated by all nations. Because of me. I was brought up in a denomination that believe in miracles and I still believe in miracles but I adjusted my thinking in the light of God's word. In God's sovereign will he may perform a miracle for you and in God's sovereign will he may not perform a miracle for you. Jesus demanded that a Christian deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Which when translated means come and die, that you may live forever. Jesus did not say, I give you a trouble-free and prosperous life here and hereafter eternal life. He said, I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. Paul says in fact everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. He says again I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed but have sufficient courage So that now as always Christ will be exalted in my body whether by life or by death. Death there means martyrdom. So he says for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ which he says is better by far. So Hebrews 11:32 through 40 tells us clearly that Christians by faith live for Christ. And Christians by faith suffer and die for Christ. Eternal life that Christ gives is a death conquering life. We are therefore more than conquerors. By faith, we overcome the world. By faith, sir. And what is faith? Faith, someone said, is seeing the invisible in clear focus. So that the present visible world loses its charm. One is thereby enabled to forfeit life itself. If necessary, to gain that better world to come. Faith in God is the response of all who are conscious of their own nothingness and weakness. Therefore, rely totally in another God. First then, by faith, believe by miracles. Verse 32 through 35. The author cites six individuals for their triumphant faith. Gideon, you remember a vast multitude of Midianites came to swallow up the people of God. God commissioned Gideon to defeat this vast army. The Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and God asked him to reduce his 32,000 troops to 300. With the 300, Gideon totally defeated the Midianites. Barak, he was timid and fearful, yet he believed the word of the Lord which Deborah spoke. He and his infantry overcame the mechanized force of Sisera, who had 900 iron chariots. Samson was a very flawed man. Yet by faith in Yahweh, he defeated the Philistines. Holy Spirit empowered him. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Jephthah, another flawed man. But the Spirit of God came upon Jephthah. And he defeated the Ammonites by his faith in the God of Israel. And one king is mentioned here, that is David. And as a teenager, the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and he defeated the Philistine champion, Goliath. And later he overthrew the armies of various kingdoms, as recorded in 2 Samuel. And Samuel and all the prophets, they also lived by faith and prophesied fearlessly, risking their own lives. They all triumphed by faith they all experienced miracles and successes in their lives so the author tells us they conquered kingdoms kingdoms of enemies of the people of God Joshua and David come to mind particularly and we are told they administered justice or practiced holiness These people lived a righteous life and administered justice as God's agents. We are told that they obtained promises. Promises regarding the nation Israel and the land of Israel. But they did not obtain the promise of the Messiah. Turn with me to the book of Joshua chapter 23. And there we are told beginning with verse 14 now I'm going to go away of all the earth you know with all your heart and soul that not one of all the good promises of the Lord your God gave you has failed every promise has been fulfilled not one has failed they obtained promises Then we are told these people shut the mouths of lions. Daniel was put in the lion's den because he lived by faith and prayed to God. Turn with me to the book of Daniel chapter 6 beginning with verse 21. Daniel answered, O king, live forever my God. Send his angel and he shut. The mouths of the lions They have not hurt me Because I was found innocent in his sight Nor have I ever done any wrong Before you O king The king was overjoyed And gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den And when Daniel was lifted from the den No wound was found on him Because he had trusted in his God By faith they quenched the fury of fire That has reference to three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were asked to bow down and worship a 90 feet tall gold image. They were asked to violate God's law, but they lived by faith in God and his word and refused to bow down and worship the image. And so they were thrown into a fiery furnace. Turn with me to chapter 3 of Daniel, beginning with verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing fire, the God we serve is able to save us from it. And he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But? Even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Now look at verse 24. And following the king, Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisers, Weren't there three men that we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, O king. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisers crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies. Nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. And there was no smell of fire on them. miracle. And then we are told they escaped the edges of the sword. Turn to 1st King and chapter 19. Where we read the story of Elijah escaping Jezebel's sword. 1 Kings 19. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. And how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say. Many may the gods deal with me be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Of course she did not kill him. She could not kill him. God sovereign God did not want him to be so killed. Then it, we are told their weakness was turned into strength. A Classic illustration is of Samson. Judges chapter 16. And when he sinned sixteen verse nineteen says his strength left him. He became us nothing. But then look at verse twenty eight his final prayer. Judges sixteen twenty eight then Samson prayed to the Lord, O Sovereign Lord, remember me, O God, please strengthen me just once more. And God heard his prayer and he killed three thousand Philistines. St. Paul tells us in 2nd Corinthians 12, When I am weak, then I am strong. When you are the weakest, then your faith in God becomes the strongest. And we are told these people became powerful in battle by divine enablement. And Psalms 18 speaks about how this was true of David. Psalm 18 and verse 39. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight. And I destroyed my foes. Verse 39. You armed me with strength for battle. You made my adversaries bow at my feet. Miracle, miracle, miracle after miracle. Then we are told, routed foreign armies. We read in 2nd Kings 19 Sennacherib coming against Hezekiah and Hezekiah's God and preaching a sermon that he should not trust in Yahweh. But we read one angel destroyed 185 thousand Assyrian soldiers and he left and went back to Assyria to be killed there. Then we are told women received back their dead by resurrection. Another miracle. Widow of Seraphat. Elijah raised the boy from the dead. Shunammite woman. Elisha raised her son from the dead. And in the New Testament, there is the widow of Nain. How Jesus raised this son from the dead. Women, Mary and Martha. How Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. The widows of Acts 9, they were weeping. And Saint Peter comes and raises Dorcas the young lady from the dead. Miracle, sir. Miracle after miracle after miracle. Therefore, we tend to think all of life is going to be miracle. But then, number two, by faith we suffer and die without any miracle. Verse 35 through 38 and here we are told in the middle of verse 35 others unnamed others others did not experience any miracle. The author may be referring to the persecution of the Jewish people during the terror of Antiochus Epiphanes the fourth, the Seleucid kingdom, king of the second century BC during the war of independence by the Maccabeans. He forced the Jewish believers to violate the law of God or be tortured to death. This king devised various torture instruments such as wheels, joint dislocators, bone crushers, catapults, braziers, thumb screws, iron claws, wedges, branding iron. And his troops practiced such torture as tearing out tongues scalping, mutilation, frying over flames. They were tortured because they refused to violate God's laws. Had they become apostates and they were given a chance to recant, they could have lived a comfortable life. They were offered release from torture and death on condition of apostasy but God's people by faith refused. So we read in the upper book 2nd Maccabees chapter 6 speaks of a Bible teacher Eliezer by name 90 years of age who was offered an opportunity to to live and not be tortured to death only if he would eat pigs meat he on his own accord advanced to the instrument of torture to be put to death for his faith in certain hope of his resurrection. And Second Maccabees chapter 7 speaks of the torture and death of seven sons and their mother. And everyone said before their death, The king of the universe will raise us up to an everlasting renewal of life. Because we have died for his laws. And the mother spoke to their sons the following words. The creator of the world who shaped the beginning of man and devised the origin of all things. Will in his mercy give life and breath back to you again and they all died one after another all seven sons and mother were tortured to death for their faith they did so the text says to gain a better resurrection of everlasting life which was the hope of the Old Testament saints and now we are told they by faith sir experienced mockings, beatings chains prison. They were stoned. You don't see God intervening in miracle, putting a stop to it. That's why I say any theology or any denomination that teaches that life is a life of miracle from beginning to end, they are teaching lies. I was reading the founder of a denomination who believed in miracles. But I read carefully and found she had two operations and she died at 54. I was brought up in a denomination that spoke against medicine. To use medicine is sin when the leaders were using medicine and going to other countries getting operation. We have healing evangelists. They have medical insurance (laughs) and they have their own surgeons and doctors. They don't tell you when they go to them. They keep up the lie that life is one miracle after another miracle. This text refutes. There are times God in his sovereign will intervene. Yes. We are told, for instance, James was put to death by a sword by Herod Agrippa first, And they were going to put to death. Peter, but God, by a miracle, intervened and let him out. He said, you are not going to die now, but you will die later on by crucifixion. And now we are told they were stoned. There was a prophet by name, Zechariah, son of Jehoiada. He prophesied God's truth to a king, Josiah. And Josiah stoned him to death. And do you remember the story of this believer, Old Testament believer, Naboth. And Ahab wandered his land. And Jezebel came up with the device. And he was stoned to death for blasphemy. And then we are told they were sown in two. And we read in pseudepigraphic writings. There is a book called The Martyrdom of Isaiah. Cited also by in patristic writings. The wicked king Manasseh with a wooden sword, sowed Isaiah into two. Slow but sure, rending of his person into two for preaching God's truth. Now we are told they were put to death by the sword. And Elijah himself speaks how Jezebel put to death God's prophets by the sword. 1st King 19 verse 10. There was a king by name Jehoiakim who brought a prophet by name Uriah who fled to Egypt. He was brought back and he was put to death. Of course in the New Testament you see John the Baptist beheaded. James beheaded. Now notice verse 34 said they escaped the sword but here others were put to death by the sword without any divine intervention if you ask why is this so, the only answer is death is a promotion to holy communion to the very presence of God some escaped in God's sovereign will by faith Others were put to death by the sword in God's sovereign will by faith. And then we are told they went about the people of God. No settled place. You remember David going about, being pursued by Saul, wandering because of persecution, clad in sheepskins and goatskins, rough clothing. I have seen televangelists, these frauds, who will have diamond ring and, and designer garments and fool people, telling them that this is the way God wants us to live, but it doesn't jive with this statement. They were not given designer suits, they were homeless you are unhappy with the square feet of your house these were by faith lived as wanderers homeless, destitute sir health, wealth and power health, wealth and power in this world, in this life here we are told by faith in God's sovereign will they were destitute they were poor, no food, no shelter, no medical insurance afflicted, ill-treated, tormented. And when you study the Maccabean times and history, following the seizing of Jerusalem by the troops of Antiochus Epiphany IV, pious Jews fled only to find themselves destitute and hunted down. Mr. Pink makes this observation and I agree with him oftentimes the faith that suffers is greater than the faith that can boast of an open triumph and we are now told the world was unworthy of them the world was not worthy of them they were God's gifts to the world you remember we read in John chapter 1, he came to his own, but his own received him not. That is the same destiny for God's people. We are God's gift to the world, but the world will not receive us. We are the light of the world, salt of the earth. We are the hope of the world, but the world would not Saint Peter tells us, Saint Paul tells us in Second Corinthians chapter six verse nine, known yet regarded as unknown. Known to God, sir. Known to God. If that is so, it doesn't matter. Amen. Who knows you, whether you are famous or not? Known yet regarded as unknown. They were outlaws unfit to live in civilized society. Therefore they wandered, we are told, in deserts, in mountains, in caves, and holes in the ground. In 1 Kings chapter 18, Obadiah fed 100 prophets of God in two caves. Jeremiah found himself literally in a hole, in a deep hole in the ground. Where is that theology of health, wealth, and power? It's a fraud. Generally, it works with stupid people. When you measure the IQ of the people who go to these churches, you understand they are stupid. They don't want the whole of theology. They pick and choose. It is false to say that we will live by one miracle after another miracle. Such theology fails you when you are persecuted, tortured, stoned, put to death, spoken against, when you get sick of cancer and when the cancer returns. By God's grace, your pastor, all these years, lived without going to the hospital. But I believe in using God-given medicine. And tomorrow I may go to the hospital. I live by divine health. Yet we live by faith and suffer in hope of the glory of God. I haven't received Jesus Christ to obtain power and riches in this world. I've been given everything in Jesus Christ. Particularly death defying eternal life. By faith God may give us great victories. By God's will he may permit us to be tortured and killed. Well, let's look at the New Testament and see what was the life of an apostle like St. Paul himself. Second Corinthians chapter 11 verse 23 and following, Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more... I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and even exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes. At on my calculation, 195 lashes. So far, he probably got more later on. Three times I was beaten with the rods. Once I was torn, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, danger from bandits, danger from my own countrymen, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, danger from false brothers. Danger, sir, danger. This God performed, we read in Acts 19, unusual, extraordinary miracles through St. Paul. And yet this was his experience. I said, James, the apostle, was beheaded. Peter was miraculously delivered from death to be crucified later. All in God's will, all lived by faith. But know this, in all things, God works for the good. That is the eternal salvation of those who love him. He has given us eternal life which death cannot destroy. To die is gain. To die is to be present with the Lord. To die is promotion to holy communion. If we suffer with him, we shall reign with him whether we live or die. Our objective is to glorify God in our body. And in the meantime, we need grace and mercy. Isn't that true? And so, we already read in chapter 4 of the book of Hebrews, let us, verse 16, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need, in our life. Every day we need. It's available. Accomplished by Christ. Through his propitiatory sacrifice. He sympathizes with us. He is ready to give you mercy and, grace, mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Mercy and grace. Brothers and sisters. Approach the throne of grace with confidence. And receive it. Grace to live. And grace to die turn with me to Isaiah 43 and verse 2 when you pass through the waters I'll be with you when you pass through the rivers they will not sweep over you when you walk through the fire you will not be burned the flames will not set you a place that does not mean you will not die it means you cannot be destroyed of your life eternal Isaiah 63 Isaiah 63 verse 9 look at this sympathizing God in all their distress he too was distressed and the angel of his presence saved them in his love and mercy He redeemed them he lifted them up and carried them all the days of war there is a God who is with us when there are miracles And when we are tortured and put to death, there is a God who is with us. Let me read to you Romans 8, beginning with uh, verse 35. Because you are going to have trouble, sir, in your life. You can fast and pray and get on your knees for three days. No miracle shall come. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, hardship, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword as it is written. For your sake we face death, sir, death. All day long we are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced, that means beyond a shadow of doubt, I am in a state of conviction. That neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present or the future, nor any powers, neither height or depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, sir. We are united with Christ. We are in Christ's hand. We are in the Father's hand. We are in him. God is in us. It is impossible for any power to harm us and destroy us let me read to you First Corinthians 10 verse 13 listen to this no temptation has seized you except what is common to man And God is faithful he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it Yet, brothers and sisters, what is our suffering compared to that of Jesus? The suffering that secured us perfection, forgiveness of sins and fellowship with God. He who knew no sin became sin for us that we might become righteousness of God in him. He suffered our hell the sinless son of God suffered the wrath of God in our place and for our eternal salvation he alone cried out my God, my God why hast thou forsaken me you and I cannot cry that cry turn with me to Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5 keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? For our sakes he was forsaken. For our sakes he went to hell. So we read chapter 12 and verse 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shape and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. His suffering was unique, ours not. In our sufferings, God is with us always. He gives us grace to live and grace to suffer and die. God is our reward. Not money, not gold, not power, nothing. God is my reward, Amen. sir. God is our shield filled with the Spirit of God. We shall live by faith and die by faith. Miracle or no miracle? Amen. And we are told all these saints of Old Testament lived by faith. Some people think we are something else. No, sir. One people of God the book of Hebrews clearly tells us there is one people of God Abraham is the father of all believers all these saints of Old Testament lived by faith all these were commended and approved by God that's what you're looking for not commendation by anybody dash your God commend you then it doesn't matter whether anybody else commends you all these persevered through though they did not receive the promise of the coming of the Messiah in their lifetime. They only saw him by faith from afar. Now Christ has come. We together with the Old Testament saints are perfected through the propitiatory sacrifice of Jesus Christ, one people of God. And yet we have not received the fullness of that perfection the redemption of our body. And so, by faith, we are looking forward to it. The final installment of our perfection, our glorification, our spiritual body, that is spirit-engineered body. So we must still live by faith. We who live in the era of fulfillment have greater reason for persevering in our faith. God has perfected us. God has given us his finished revelation. God has given us his Holy Spirit. So we march on by faith. God may see fit to perform extraordinary miracles for our lives. God may lead us through great prosperity. In God's will, we may escape the edge of the sword or we may not escape it. Miracle or no miracle. We are God's children. We are given eternal life. We are indestructible. So let us live by faith, looking forward to that day of our glorification. Let me read this to you, Romans 8 and verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And First Corinthians 15 verse 52. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound the dead. Old Testament saints, New Testament saints. All the people of God the dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed or 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 beginning with verse 16 for the Lord himself will come down with from heaven with a loud command with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God and dead in Christ will rise first after that we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so we will be with the Lord forever therefore encourage each other with these words heavenly father we believe not in a tiny god J.B. Phillips wrote a book your god is too small we believe in a god who revealed himself in the holy scriptures creator of the ends of the earth the upholder of all creation infinite personal almighty God the redeemer of his people the king of kings and the lord of lords big God and so it is proper for us to entrust ourselves to him to save us we have trusted in you we deny ourselves there is nothing good in us We are weak, but you are strong. And you will keep us strong. Now and forevermore. Help us, O Lord, to persevere to the very end. Miracle or no miracle. We are your children. We are in you and you are in us. May the spirit of the living God fill us. Baptize us. That we may live by faith in God and meet you face to face. Amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory audio of the sermon entitled By Faith We Live and Die. Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.